One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that extracts biography using music. We explore our guests' personalities and personal histories by mining the connections that music has made during their lifetimes. Thanks for being here. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Lee Brett Schneider. Lee's a native son of Southwest Florida, where he spent much of his formative years attending local music shows, reading comic books, playing video games, and making funny videos with his friends. In 2004, he went to Tallahassee, where he was formally trained as an artist at Florida State University. University. After obtaining a degree in studio art, he briefly served as an adjunct professor of comics and anime there before moving back to the Fort Myers Cape Coral area in 2014. These days, Lee works as a multimedia artist under the moniker Breschneider while moonlighting as a trivia quiz master. He's creator, producer, and co-host of the No Nonsense Trivia podcast, which I was once on, which was extraordinarily good times. We met Lee after his No Nonsense co-host, the legendary Mark Davis, who's sitting over there spent some time in the Three Song Stories chair, and then after his wife, Kyle Ann, joined us as well. So he's been on the list for a while, but now here we are, so let's do this thing. Hey there, Lee. Hey, Mike. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Great. So, okay, real quick, uh, we're here to talk about three mustards that will always take you back to a memory. Mm -hmm. So what do you got? Uh, We got classic, honey. Where's it take you? And spicy brown. (laughs) Where's classic take you? Well, all, well, classic takes me way back to uh, my youth. That was probably the first mustard I was exposed to. Okay. <laughs> and in my in my mustard rap song, I talk about how Granny used to. Tell you have me, a song? Yes, I have can a mustard throw, rap. Can you throw one bar from your mustard rap? My, song? my Granny used to tell me that the yellow was for suckers. She'd slap the classic out of my hand to produce her favorite mustard. When I saw it had a greenish tint, I knew it was Dijon. She corrected, not just any Dijon. This is Grey Poupon. She put it on her hot dog. She put it on her pizza. She put it on her grape nuts and became my new teacher. It was like my eyes were open for the very first time eating mustard on my Lucky Charms, the feeling of sublime. Thank you. You rhymed mustard with sucker. It's yes. a slant rhyme. Okay, okay. It's a slant rhyme, yeah. Slant, 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 right, right. Slant. Okay, um, and then your second mustard? That would be... Uh, Honey mustard, thank you. That's right. <laughs> that would be third. Okay, and Honey then your third mustard, mustard is the it's golden delicious. Oh, yeah. sweet. Okay, sweet. Well, that's about the mustard. Sweet. Yeah. Um, okay, so what was the musical background of your childhood, and where was that? How far was that from right here? It was here. I mean, it was here in... Uh, I mean, right here. It was... Uh, well, we moved around a little bit in ca- like when I was a kid, but we were always in southwest Florida, and uh, first we lived, uh, when I was a, a young baby, we lived in North Fort Myers. And apparently, according to family legend, we had a record collection. But there was a house fire, and the record collection was apparently lost. So a lot of my music came from my parents' CD collection, which included, uh, I guess, the stuff that I listened to a lot that I can remember. Uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, that album, and in particular that song, was probably like my first favorite song that I wanted to like, listen to a lot. Um, also, a lot of doors growing up. Break on through to the other side. I remember dancing around my living room as a child to that, like playing air guitar. And, and that was music that your parents played, and then you danced, or that you yeah. Chose to play? It was it was like uh, it was kind of a mix. They would either play it, and then I had access to the CD collection, and we had a CD player. But you don't remember the vinyl at all. There was yeah. If, there was no vinyl in my childhood, basically whatsoever. Were, were there musical instruments being played around you? 
Not really, no. So uh, I was I was put into a music program. Well, not put into, but like my uh, there, we, my family had access to a trumpet. So they were like, try out Explain for the. Explain what that means. Access. Yeah. So there was a family member that had a trumpet that wasn't being used. Oh, okay. And my parents were trying to figure out stuff to get me interested in in middle school, and so they said, "Here's this trumpet. You could try out for the uh, for the band." So that's what I did in middle school. In sixth grade, I, I tried out for the regular school band, and then in eighth grade, they started a uh, jazz band program, which I joined, which was a little bit of a smaller group that played some more modern music. Um, so I had some a little bit of technical training there. I also had piano lessons for a little bit as a child, too. Hmm. And yeah. did any of that stick? Do you play anything today? A little bit. The piano stuff comes up, uh, you know, when I make, like, joke songs. I can I can actually play a little bit around the keyboard in a recording setting, not in a live setting with other people. I would just slow them down, probably. But I can pick out stuff, and I, I understand some very, very rudimentary music theory that I like to incorporate in, like, some... Into your trivia? Joke not not into trivia, no. but I, I like making like joke music and, and fun little mashups and stuff like that. And uh, so sometimes it requires a little bit of playing on tracks. And I make beats too for my raps. And so that's probably where that's expressed most, um, the key, the keyboard playing. But I'm not like uh, going out and doing recitals or anything like that. Okay. If I say um, yeah. um, earliest musical memory, what pops into your head? Probably um, earliest music memory would be listening to the Beach Boys in my dad's Volkswagen on an 8-track. I remember Barbaran, probably three, two or three years old, very young. Mm. And then another early music memory would be uh, Break It Down Again by Tears for Fears. That's the first song that I remember listening to on the radio and being like, what is this? And like turning it up and like sitting by the radio and like listening to it. Um, so those are two very early music memories. What kind of Volkswagen? It was a bug, and I sadly don't remember the color. It might probably blue or maybe red. Rusty, <laughs> either uh, way. What was it had your, a red rust. What was your first car, and what My, kind of sound system did it have? It was a uh, Mercury Mercury LeSabre, and uh, it did not. It had a stock sound system. That did that include CD at that point in time? It did have a CD. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, it did have a CD, and a funny story about that is the sound system only had one channel working, the right channel, so the passenger side channel. <laughs> the left channel was totally off, and uh, I got this right before I moved to Tallahassee, and at the time, after I moved up there, I was very homesick for Southwest Florida, so I came down pretty much every weekend. I was driving a lot, and one of the CDs that I had in rotation at the time was uh, the Squirrel Nut Zippers Perennial Favorites, and there's a track on that called The True Macaque. And I always thought that that song was kind of funny because it, to me, it was a bass, stand-up bass, a drummer, and then the singer of the Squirrel Nut Zippers, like, going mad yelling halfway through the track. And I always thought that was so funny because it seemed to come out of nowhere. And then I listened to it on a stereo with both channels working. I was working. just about to say, <laughs> is this a stereo versus there's mono problem? Yes, there's an entire <laughs> set of instruments on this track that I was not listening to that include all the horns, all the <laughs> melody instruments. So that stereo played a prank on me. 
It um, gave you a song a story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, uh, it was fun. Um, uh, my car stereo just quit doing everything except turning on and off, and I have it. it uh, luckily, it was on WGCU when it died. But hey, uh, all nice. I can do now is yeah. turn it up and down and on and off. But none You've of got the, other the best radio station dialed in. Yeah, yeah. Early. I've got that. Yeah. Um, uh, first music you owned. First music I owned that I acquired with my own money, like, or that was purchased for me as like a gift. Either way, no, that you, no, I think that you expressed some sort of control over. If you asked Your for it oh, for a okay. gift, that works. I don't know if I asked for it, but the first CD that I got as a gift was MC Hammer's "Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him." Mm-hmm. That was like a Christmas gift, and we had just gotten a CD player, I think, very recently. So everybody was getting CDs for that year, and that that was mine. And then the first CD that I remember like making an effort to purchase was uh, Nirvana's In Utero. Um, because which, the cover. Uh, inter- yeah, well, <laughs> no, but that cover, I definitely remember in sex ed class, there's like a mod- there's an anatomical model of a woman on the cover of that album. And there was the same model in the sex ed class. We went to like a local health facility. And I was like, oh, cool, that's the model from the cover of In Utero. So the <laughs> trivia was kicking in then, even then. But uh, yeah, my uh, one of my... Uh, like babysitters had shown me Nirvana on cassette tape, and so I was like, I log that, you know. I need Which to is go. It's a very like, old sentence. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, uh, that, but that was never mind. But In Utero was the new one that was out, and I uh, Heart Shaped Boxes on that, which is a great song. I heard it on the radio at the time, so I was like, I need to buy that. So you ever make a mixtape? Oh yeah. Ever make a mixtape? Try to woo someone? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. And uh, I don't know if it ever, <laughs> I don't know if it ever worked. Really, I think it was you know a mixed tape can only bring you so far. Sadly, we all try it, you know. What was but, on it? What was one, at least one song that was on it? Um, man, the song that I really like that um, just <laughs> this is so this is gonna sound so strange, <laughs> but it just captures the anxiety of like being in a new relationship and wanting to be around the person all the time is the song Devotion by um, uh, Serengeti. And wait, no, it's Serengeti is the rapper that's in, in it. It's, no, no, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, oh man, what's the name of the project? It's Serengeti is, is the rapper, and then Sufjan Stevens, the indie songwriter, it's like a collaboration, and it's got kind of like this like disco funk beat, but there's like this like, Anxious rap intro that's like, I just want to be around you all the time. And then there's like, Sufjan comes in and it's got kind of this like nice little melodic thing where he expresses the same things but in a different way. And it's just, I, I like mashups and collaborations. I think that's really interesting when artists get together and uh, create something that's not typical. So I don't know. That's a lot. <laughs> I was hoping you would drag it out because yeah. I was hoping Richard was going to pull it. Is it up, rhythm but he has, of he has devotion? Failed us on us apparently. Is it rhythm of devotion? Rhythm I'm of sorry. Devotion. Rhythm of devotion is the name uh, of that. Okay. I guess you we'll, found it. We'll just have to we'll imagine what it sounds yeah. like. Okay. Well, maybe Sisyphus. <laughs> yeah, Sisyphus. That is the name of the project. Yeah. How could I forget Sisyphus? You remember any of it? I put my hand on your shoe. You put your hand on my back. What's that? I put your hand remember any of the words? I feel more comfortable now. Oh yeah, I probably I will rap along now. <laughs> but yeah, I remember all the other words. Kyle can vouch for that. I think I've probably rapped this to her in the car. We've like listened to this song together. So not just a mix, but like I bring the mix back. Like you remember that mix I made? You remember that song? Let's listen to it again. Let's listen to it now. Um, but yeah. Okay, it's time for your first song. Okay. What is it? My first song 
would be a song by uh, my podcast co-host, Mark Davis is in the band. The Anchorite Four is the band, which is a, uh, it was a, a very popular local band when I was a teenager. Um, and the song is The Revenge of Max Fisher is the name of the song. And uh, the story that I have associated with that song, I had already seen uh, the band, the Angry Four play a few times, well, more than a few times at this point. Um, but they were working on material for their first album. And I talked to Mark and I talked to Mike a little bit. Um, you know, we're, I feel like we're, we're much closer friends, the, like the three of us now, like me with, with each of them now. But at the time, they were just like kind of acquaintances. But I really liked the music that they were making. It was like this like frenetic jazz punk with like very e strong emo rock, indie rock melody, sing vocals over it. And I, ju I just connected with it instantly. And this song is cool in and of itself, but they made a music video for it at a local record store called Silver Platter CDs. I remember that. Yeah, and it was, it was on, uh, off of 41 over by where Howl is now. And uh, I think some uh, like video students from Cyprus, I remember Bobby Zekanowski, Bobby Z, uh, he was one of the directors, and this other guy, East and West. And they, I, was, I was in my own TV production uh, unit at North, and we did not have a lot of like, great equipment. But go, I went to this video shoot, and I saw they had like lights over there and stuff, and everything seemed very coordinated. And I, I remember being really impressed. Um, this, Silver Platter was like a place that I just loved hanging out in the first place, so it was just cool to be there. And it's cool to have that music video now and look back at it and see so many people in it that aren't just in the band, but that I know I've, I've maintained friendships with that are, you know, like Eric was on the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast, Eric Brandt. He's a friend of mine still. John Schiller from the Free Coasters is in that music video. Omar from Violet Bell, which is a great uh, singer-songwriter indie rock duo, is in that music video. And we're all children. So it's very nostalgic to like go back and, and see that, that video and uh, listen to that song. All right, you want to listen to it? Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Revenge of The Revenge of Max Fisher by the Anchorite 4. And what year would have this been? What year this would have been like been? 2002, 2003? No. 02? 02. 02. Album, yep. album with the same name.
what we used to do at the shows. We'd go, woo, in the slow parts. Um, uh, were they yeah. older than you? Were they the same age as Sli- you? Just Sli- a few slightly years older. older. Just but a at few that years. age, a few yeah. years is a long time. Yeah, we looked up to them. Of right. course, yeah. Yeah, it was great. And uh, there's, I mean, there's people I'm looking here, Seth, Elise. Like, I, I first met them around uh, those, at, at those Angry at Four shows. So it's, it's cool. They made a lasting impact on this area, I think. Let's talk about other bands that yeah. have made a lasting impact on this area. So yeah. the, what are some of the local bands that you also were, uh, you know, associating with, going to see, supporting? Well, there would be uh, Crimson Fetch and Drawing Maps. That was, uh, that was a band... Crimson Fetch and Drawing Maps. Yeah, it's the same band. Two different names, though. They 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 put out an EP. I like it all together. Yeah, yeah. that you could probably Google that and bring them up. I know there's there's videos on YouTube of them. You can see them uh, playing. And uh, I know you you just uh, uh, did an episode of Skylar, my friend Skylar. He was in one of those. It's bands. in the can. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Um, I hope he talks about the. Does he talk about those bands I, I, at all? Tara, or? did he talk about that? Yeah. yeah? Oh, cool, cool. Okay. Not quite a little bit actually. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Um, and then I was I was in a band briefly. I played at the Liquid Cafe a couple times. Oh, really? I know you have uh, some connection there. I, yeah, was, I was there. Yep, yep. So we uh, we played a mix of original and covers. The band was called Beyond This Point. What did you play? I was trumpet? the vocalist. No, I didn't Piano? play trumpet. I was the vocalist actually. Did, did you yeah. rap? Uh, yes, I did. I, I did rap only in covers though. I don't think I had any rapping in our, our originals. But we covered Killing in the Name of by um, Rage Against Machine. And uh, thank you, Richard. <laughs> and then, no uh, problem. What else? We did uh, Deftones cover. No real rap in, in that, though. And that was Be Qu- or My Own Summer. A lot of screaming in that. Remember tearing my voice up because I didn't know how to do that properly. It was short-lived? Uh, it was... We, you made it to Liquid, so, you know. Yeah, I'd say we were a band. We worked together for, like, a year on the project, and we probably played out for, like, six months. Played at the Chocolate Schmooze as well downtown. I remember that. A lot of the venues that were around or have now changed and are defunct, sadly. But uh, Breakers Cafe, I remember going and seeing bands out there. The Strip Club Moms. Right. You know, right. Uh, I remember going to see them. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other bands that I remember from that, that era. Those are the ones that stick out, hmm. I think. Um, you, make art. Bert. you make art for a living. Yes, I do. Where did that start? What was the medium that first lured you in? Probably comic books, I would say. Like, drawing characters out of comic books. Like, Spawn. Todd McFarlane's Spawn. I remember the art blowing me away. Um, and uh, who else? Uh, Mike Waringo was an artist on Spider-Man. Um, those two comics, I was, like, obsessed with tracing everything out of those, those artists and, and those styles. And it, it really got me more invigorated to, to the, the medium... And I became a collector after that. And then I, I, I tried my hand at web comics uh, once yeah, I got too. to college. Yeah, I, I did the same thing when I got to college. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot. So I, I did like 200 strips, like, you know, comic strip styles of uh, original characters. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of how that, that came about. That's when I got more serious into drawing was when I was making that comic, that web comic. Hmm. Were you always going to go to art school, or did that kind of how it turned out? No, I didn't. I didn't. When I was, I was aimless in high school, so I was all those video games and video games, playing video games, making videos. I would try to finagle my way. So what happened was, once I got to high school, I kind of lost an interest in playing the trumpet. So I, I decided marching band wasn't for me, and I got into graphic design. I joined TV production and the newspaper. And that kind of started like the creative bend because I started making videos for TV production 
this was a little bit before YouTube, so that was like I saw like an outlet to express myself through the, the TV broadcast system, you know, in our local school. And you went to North? North High, yeah. It wasn't the Academy for the Arts then. It was yeah, right was before. It? We didn't get any of that nice Because now they funding. have, like, all the stuff. I know. I, I hate to say it, but at the time... It was uh, crapshoot whether or not you're going to get a micro or a uh, a camera with a working microphone associated with it, and uh, you know we weren't savvy enough at the time to realize you needed an entirely separate system for audio anyway. Oh right, right. (laughs) Uh, So where does music fit into your life today? Like, how much do you listen? Do you listen while you're making art? You know, where 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 does it go? Yeah. So I a lot of the listening that I do goes to accompanying the trivia nights actually. So I'm. Constantly, since I'm, I'm, I do uh, three trivia nights a week, and I play music during all of them. And you can imagine that, um, as with any DJing scenario, the songs get old after a while. You, right. know, you don't want to play the same stuff over. So that's where I'm mostly listening, and I'm finding a lot of stuff in the 70s and 80s that I, I did not have access to as a kid. Um, I, I basically have no knowledge of modern music, um, but I'm dipping back into stuff like Herb Alpert, like, yes. Which I had never paid attention and to before. And the Tijuana Brass. Yeah, I guess so. Is that his trumpet's name or his band? That's the band. Okay, that's the band. Yeah. It's a new new interest for me, so pardon my ignorance on Herb Alpert. But I do know that I, that song... I barely know it. The song Rise by him, that is the song that uh, Biggie sampled for Hypnotize. And I love going down little like rabbit holes like that of trivia. You know, reading about how that interaction between Herb Alpert... And Biggie went down and then writing trivia questions about that and then playing the song at trivia. It's like a hat trick, as we were talking about on our podcast. Are there, are there any other songs that you got exposed to initially because of trivia? Like, the, they, trivia led you to that music? Hmm. That, I mean, that's honestly a good example of it. Um, yeah. Other than that one. Yeah. Uh, not, I, I guess kind of maybe uh, Rainbows by Dennis Wilson. That song, it's Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys, his little brother. I think he might have been the drummer in the Beach Boys, but he made a solo record. And a uh, fun trivia fact about that is it's rumored that a lot of little song or uh, moments on that collection of songs were actually written by Charles Manson. Because Charles Manson was trying yeah, to get into music yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And Dennis Wilson was the one that agreed to work with him. So it's rumored that some of those, but it's, it's very poppy and... Uh, you know, Psychedelic Beach Boys is how I describe it. Um, a little o- undershadowed by Brian Wilson's contributions to the genre, but Rainbows by Dennis Wilson. I love that song. It's so beautiful. Have you always been into trivia? Yeah, kind of. Um, not necessarily trivia questions, but always like reading and learning about stuff. My mom was a reference librarian, uh, so I spent a lot of time at the library. Tree. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, can you tell me how many provinces Canada has and then name them? I can't name them. Is it seven? No, no, man. oh no! <laughs> way more, I've been way more than seven. twice. Thirteen. <laughs> yes, 13? Mark, it is. I think I answered seven on the podcast. When I, I got said that wrong four. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the thing with trivia. You know, sometimes it goes in and out in one year, not the other. Sadly. Uh, okay. Um, uh, real quick before we move on to your next song, just break down all the trivia stuff that you're associated with. You know, I know you do this. Yeah, we on, do you know. trivia here on Monday nights at the Palace Pub and Wine Bar, where we're recording right now. Uh, give it up for the palace, right? Yeah. yeah. On Tuesday nights, we're at Gather, uh, which is uh, down in Tarpon Point Marina, also in Cape Coral. And then on Thursday nights, we do uh, live trivia at Number Three Craft Brews and Beer Bar, 
also in Cape Coral. And all of our trivia, um, our categories are selected by the previous week's teams. So we're always asking about questions that you want to be asked about. Because they do all the work for you. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. Well, they give you the seed. <laughs> they uh, show up. That's the important that's part. That's the important yeah. part. Okay, yeah. uh, time for your second song. What, okay. what is it? Would you like to tell a story? How would you like to approach this? Yes. So uh, this is from, oh, man, I'm going to get floss on the date again. 2012? Uh, Buster Wolf is, yeah. the, is the artist. And the song is Dragon Quest. And Buster Wolf is also a, another artist that I have a, a personal connection with. In a way, we met, um, well, we got to know each other really on a tour for a video game that we were both working on. So the game was called Temple of Yogg. This is the main theme to Temple of Yogg. This is actually from a, a Naples-born uh, artist, uh, Dr. Zylog. He lives in Denver, Colorado right now, but he is a chiptune metal artist. Um, I like the sound of that. Yeah, and he did the whole soundtrack to Temple of Yogg, which was the video game that we made. Um, so we took this game on tour. Like... Nobody does, you know? Nobody makes a video game and then says, you know what we should do? Let's, you know how bands go on tour? Let's do that with our video game. We'll go and we'll set up gigs at each place and uh, we might get some opening musical acts on the, on the tour as well. And we'll set up arcades so that people can play the game that we're working on. And then they, not only that, they can tell us what we're doing wrong with the game and we'll fix it live on the fly throughout the tour. It'll be this grand art project. And I'm like, can I sell my t-shirts? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's go. What, what were you guys traveling in? So we had a uh, Ford Sprinter van. Okay. Uh, which the we rented. one. Yep. We rented for seven days. And uh, we went to Baltimore. And we, you know, we scheduled, like, when you plan a tour, you have to schedule it out a few months in advance and know exactly what you're doing, where you're going, how much money you're spending, and stuff like that. And uh, so we, we, we planned it out. And then as the week leading up to the tour... Biggest blizzard in the Northwest in centuries. So we get to Baltimore, and we're going like five miles an hour going into Baltimore in traffic. And the venue calls us, and they're like, we're not asking people to drive out for this thing tonight. And we're like, we understand. So we shacked up in the hotel room, and uh, we actually worked on the game. We got Buster Wolf to do some voiceover work for the game that first night because our, our venue was canceled. That ended up being one of my favorite parts of the game. The game, it's kind of like this like weird, high-minded concept, but you basically play as a civilization that uh, sends human sacrifices into this temple of Yogg, and you play as the sacrifices, and the longer that you live, the more points you get that you can upgrade your civilization with. So it's like a human sacrifice game, basically. Hmm. And so we got Buster Wolf to do the voice of Yogg, so he like judges you as you're playing. So if you get to the next like uh, stage of your temple run, he'll say, like, Pitiful, weak, worthy. I like that when you die in that game, it says like sacrifice complete or something. Yeah, like sacrifice like, accepted. Accepted. Is like it doesn't say yeah. game over. Your guy literally explodes when you run out of health, and then it says sacrifice accepted. What uh, yeah. what anyway. game system was this game on, and did it recognize any commercial <laughs> success? No. <laughs> Nor did it recognize critical success. Um, it had it had a few highlights. So there were a few a few jukes that we shouldn't have made. Probably one of which it wasn't really well marketed. Uh, we didn't put any marketing dollars into it, but we did take it on tour. Besides the tour, of course, the tour is where all the marketing basically went. But we did get good reviews from uh, Vice magazine. Okay, they they gave us a positive write up and said that this could be a cult hit of twenty fourteen. 
narrator. It was not the cult hit of 2014. <laughs> and uh, also, we were selected to show the game at IndieCade in Los Angeles, which is kind of defined as the Sundance of video games. Yeah. So it's like an indie video game festival, and you have to be invited to show your game off. And actually, we were the only Nintendo game that year that got invited. And we asked the organizers when we got there, like, why did we get selected? And they said, well, you were one of the few um, games that actually did something with the gamepad on the Wii U. If you're not familiar, the Wii U had a gamepad that had a screen in it. And uh, in our game, you could actually teleport your character between two maps on each screen. Kind of like going underwater. It was like the, like the, un, the upside down. Yeah, it's <laughs> like the upside down in Stranger Things, where it's the same level, but the map is kind of different. So it's like a, ma like a multi-level maze that you have to go through. That's why I said yes to work on this. It sounded absolutely insane. Did you play this game, Richard? No, I just watched a lot of it. After, see, after, after finding out from Lee what it was going to be about, uh, I'm probably going to... Is there a PC port for this? No, it I, looks so I fun. want there to be one so bad. It looks very fun. Let me fun. rephrase that. There is, a, there is a PC port, but it is not commercially released right now. So if enough people make enough noise and get at the developer on Twitter... I'm going to go to change.gov and start Chud. a petition. <laughs> yeah, start a do petition. that, do that. But anyways, this song, um, Louis Busterwolf, he was the MC of events for our tour. And... Uh, this song is called Dragon Quest, and it's basically a video game rap song. And I just I think about this song a lot when I think about that tour because I always stopped what I was doing when we were on at, at the tour dates to listen to the song because it just blew my mind. Basically, I think that he is one of the most gifted rapper and performers that I've ever uh, heard or seen live. And I, I just think he's totally amazing, basically. And this this particular recording comes, it's a live recording from one of the stops on the tour. This is from Bento Miso in Toronto, Canada. What is that? It is a video game co-op space. You went to Canada? I went to Canada. This is the first time I'd been out of the country, too. So it's kind of a cool trip wow. in that regard, too. So you were there when this was recorded? Yes. I was standing right off to the side selling some uh, Temple of Yogg prints and T-shirts and stuff like that. Right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, well, very right. akin to this. Well, let's listen to yeah, it. Uh, Bus Buster Wolf. Yep, Buster Wolf. Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest. Bento Miso. Video game rap. This is a dragon quest, I grab my best Flame resistant best to absorb the flame and So <laughs> It was like five straight minutes of rapping He like yeah. went for five minutes straight It was incredible to so, see him So Lee, that is, a, that is a nerdy, nerdy song Yes You've wandered into kind of my territory here Yeah I feel comfortable about this Good, yeah um, So I guess my first question is um, You know do, do you listen to other nerd nerd rap nerdcore stuff like um, nerdcore? Like yeah, yeah, that's the term. so like front a lot. Uh, I've ne I never really got into front a lot or Lars. I'm, yeah. I'm aware of them. Okay, I did love MC Chris MC for Chris a long time. I saw him several times in concert. Um, and, uh, and you've seen both Fets Vet. I mean, the yeah, classic Fets, song. Fets, perfect. Yeah. That w that that could have been on the list. Not, I, I guess not. Didn't, no real story there, other than like just listening to it over and over again. So when you're in a video game place in Toronto and this guy's rapping, and you got your game where they go into the underworld. Are all the yeah. people there like, yeah, this is normal. This is what happens. Or yeah, was this was, like an outlier event? It was cool. It was cool. There was there was like a uh, 
Yeah, we, so what we did was we had little competitions to score runs. So people would play the game and if they could win extra prizes and stuff if they hit the highest score of the night. So people were motivated to be there. And uh, at Bento Miso, there was like a local, well, local to Toronto, but kind of international Nintendo Life came out and they interviewed me and the developer for their YouTube channel. So we got some promotion uh, from that, which was kind of cool and like... You know, a Nintendo-focused blog actually asking us about our game and and being interested in it uh, was kind of cool just to go on the road and then show up and have... It was one of the best uh, nights of the event, for sure. Have you done any more, like, video gaming work? A little bit of art here and there, but not to the scale of that. I mean, that was, like, a straight year of working, like... That was a moonshot. Every night. I made over 20,000 frames of animation for the game. Wow. Yeah, so I, I, I did a lot of visual development for it. It is. It is a. Uh, I, I consider it a piece of like my artwork. You know, like a, a project that I worked on. Even though it's in this medium that is kind of hard to to find and stuff like that. Because it is a Wii U exclusive, which is a con- not only the worst Nintendo selling <laughs> console of Nintendo's history, Virtual but Boy also like- three generations old now. So I think I saw one on Facebook the other day for fifty bucks. So Virtual if anybody wants to play Temple like Yogg. What's that? The Virtual Boy would like a word with you yeah. about that. <laughs> I think it sold worse than the Virtual Boy, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I also wanted yeah. to ask you, so um, when Kyle Ann was on, uh, uh-huh. she she had, her first song was um, to Zankerland. Zan- Zan- I'm going to say it wrong every time. Yes. Zanarkand. Yes. The... Which is from Final Fantasy. Uh-huh. Um, it's the Uematsu song. And I yeah. wanted to know, did you, do you have a relationship to any songs like that, like like video game score songs that you really enjoy? Not Not kind of the meta stuff. From Nerd Rap, but yeah, uh, my favorite video game soundtrack. Um, that was kind of just a side note on that song. Yeah, uh, one of the first times that I hung out with Kyle, my wife. Now, uh, I went to visit her at her at her job, and they had a piano there, and she played that on piano, and I was like, "Whoa, Aww. she's like a real nerd." Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. like a real nerd. She, went, like, she goes. She's deep. like, check out this Final Fantasy music on piano, Ky- and it was Kyle, beautiful. You know, Kyle's a ordered Japanese sheet music, <laughs> yeah. so she can play the songs from yes. her favorite games. Yeah, kind of a nerd. But but my my favorite soundtrack, personally, to a video game of all time, has to be Super Mario World. I think yeah. um, mm. it has a very organic uh, structure to it. Yeah, and uh, one time I found online, and I haven't been able to find it since, which makes me very sad. But Somebody did a live rendition of all of the instruments because they're MIDI instruments yeah. on the original. Yeah, yeah. But that is just a, hearing that solidified it. Like the soundtrack is just amazing. So Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo, and uh, maybe second award goes to Donkey Kong Country. Oh, also a great that's soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, okay, you make a podcast too. Yes. Um, how's it going? Good. It's going great. It's going better. Every week is better than I could possibly imagine, basically, with the, our podcast, the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast. Uh, I love it. Um, Thank do you. Do you make the interstitial music? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. I assumed you did, but the, I didn't want to assume too right. much. Right. That's where those keyboard skills come That's in. That's what I was yeah. thinking, yeah. So the, uh, the music in between rounds and the opening music are themes that I made. And our uh, our uh, music, like the Tiki theme that we do for our weekly wrap up, that's something that I licensed through Pond Five. But oh, Pond I appreciate Five. that. Yes, yeah, I'm sure you're Pond familiar. Pond Five, a good resource for media people. Um, uh, uh, are you into musicals? Broadway musicals. musicals. Uh, a little teensy tiny bit. I have a personal association with West Side Story. <laughs> I I played Riff in my high school's production, North High's production of West Side Story in 2003. So, I was. Uh, Is that like I, in the cafeteria? 
It was they had a, they had a theater then. Oh, they yeah, did. They, okay. they, they had a theater then. It was yeah. Um, it was and and uh, Miss West the uh, the teacher did a great job with that production too. Um, but that was that was a good experience overall, I would say. And I, I got a couple songs I got to sing. But you're not like going to Barber B Man to see Rent when it comes to town. No, I will be seeing Mystery Science Theater 3000 when they come this week. Yeah. I was I set a reminder on my phone for that. I I was like I'm I'm ready to see those. But uh I the last I did see one musical on Broadway in person on Broadway and that would be In the Heights, which is Lin-Manuel Miranda's uh play before he did uh Hamilton. It was his uh, pre- prior play to that and I had the opportunity to see that. You saw it before game. Hamilton? Yeah, I don't think Hamilton was out when wow. I saw it. Yeah. Wow. So what, a, it was, what about um film musicals? Uh I, I enjoyed Moulin Rouge, and uh, that was just way too much for me. Really? Yeah. I was. It was the right kind of manic for me as a as a high schooler. You know. I went and saw it with my half sister, who was like fifteen, and she wanted to sit in the front row. Yeah. It was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was. I, I like that it drew on all the pop songs. You know, the pop hits. It was kind of a cool like medley movie. It was medley. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, concerts. Peak right. concert experience. Yeah. Uh, a few come to mind. First, well, <laughs> several come to mind. My first concert was uh, X Fest in 1998. 99 X. That have been downtown or Centennial one of the, Park, okay. which featured uh, Seven Mary Three, mm-hmm. Cowboy Mouth, wow. Everlast. Wow, yeah, yeah. I'm dialing into that time period now. Finger Woo. Eleven. Woo. Feeder. Yeah. And a couple others, I probably they're slipping my mind. You need to make a mixtape of just Godsmack that. was the later X Fest. That was not the first one. That was when they moved over to the baseball field. I also had the opportunity to see Corn in concert, yeah. um, which was really, really fun. Disturbed opened for them, which so that was cool. Um, but I was like right up front for Corn, which I'd never thought that I would be in that situation. That it was very. Uh, <laughs> Very rocking, <laughs> rocking back and forth <laughs> against the guardrail, like, all right, I'm ready to go. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I just recently, moving on to good music, I, <laughs> I just recently saw David Byrne in concert. Oh, it was the, the Barefoot one? Yes. Uh, David Byrne's America, I think is the name of the tour. Yeah, and I've heard really good things about American it. American Utopia, yeah. All of the, uh, all of the uh, musicians are untethered, and the, there's a theatrical component to it. That is very nice. It's it's a, if you if you have an opportunity to see that, I don't know how long they're going to run it. I think that had a Broadway what Broadway run actually. Where, where did you see it? I saw that at the uh, uh, Phillips Center in Orlando. Okay. Yeah. Walt Disney Theater. My my bad. Yeah. Kyle got me tickets to uh, to my birthday or for my birthday to, to tickets see tickets to that. your birthday. Tickets to my birthday. That was where the party was happening, <laughs> and she she got me tickets. Thankfully, otherwise I don't know if I'd have gotten in. But uh, yeah, I remember. Uh, a quick story about that, like during uh, Naive, uh, or this is this must be the place, Naive Melody, um, great song, one of Mark's songs that he selected on the podcast you guys did with him and Nice Guys. Um, that song, yeah, yeah, when yeah. that was playing, I remember thinking, oh sh! This would have been the perfect moment to propose, like during this song, <laughs> this lovely, lovely song, and I'm not ready. Um, so just does, a little does side she know story. This story. Yeah, I told her oh, okay. right after proposing. I was like, you know, I was going to do this earlier uh, at the Talking Heads concert, but uh, you know, <laughs> way to dilute it. Typical me. Yeah. 
Um, it was a, it was a fine proposal. It was outside a coffee shop. It, it worked. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> what, David uh, Burton was not there for that the, for the proposal. What was the uh, what's the furthest you've ever gone for a show? Have you ever like made a, a concerted effort to get somewhere? Um, oh yeah, I guess Atlanta. Yeah, we went. We recently went to see uh, uh, Better Oblivion Community Center in Atlanta, the Con- uh, Connor Oberst and Phoebe Bridgers project. I love that Kyle Ann is the one going, it's here, it's there, yeah, yeah. It really, in, the, yeah. in the audience. It might, it might be. <laughs> I mean, I, I travel a lot in Florida, but I don't know if I've ever gone to Atlanta. That's always kind of been one of those things where I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to travel that far, but this seemed like a cool trip, and it was it was a great show. So, um, uh, Do you have any TV theme songs committed to memory that you'd like to sing for us and or with us? Um, hmm. No, not really. No, I, I have a couple TV theme songs that are. I, I have a couple that are close. Probably, I could probably closely get to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme. Oh, yeah. Does anyone well, else know the Teenage Mutant Ninja you guys Turtles know theme? It? No one. Hey, we got one over here. All right, wait. Here's one. Here's one. Before Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, okay. if we do that. But before that, here's one. It's very quick. <laughs> Anybody know that? This is a show that I watch religiously. Yeah, that's right. That's right, babe. Lost. <laughs> when that logo comes in. I never watched Lost. Lost. Colin keeps yeah. trying to get me to watch Lost, and I'm pretty sure I keep telling him that I heard it. <laughs> so why should I watch it? And oh, he gets he's infuriated lady. by that. That is how that's a mischaracterization. That's a mischaracterization of the ending. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Which is not to as bad as people make it out. I'm though. gonna have to put like a seven second bleep across that. <laughs> my canary is speechless. I am speechless. I'm still trying to. It get has him been to off sing. the air for like a decade now. So if yeah, if you don't know by now, I mean, go see Lost. That's the, the moral of the story. Uh, the, so the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage. Oh wait. Oh you got. Oh wait 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 wait. We're gonna have a bat. Some bat. Here we go. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 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 Turtle Turtle power. They're the world's most fearsome fighting teams. We're really <laughs> They're heroes in a half shell and they're green. Hey, get a grip. With evil shredder attacks, these turtle boys don't cut them no slack. Teenage I don't really remember the second verse, but yeah. I think, wait, maybe Leonardo leaves. Oh, you did! You did real good. You yeah. did real good. Uh, uh, <laughs> Michelangelo's a party kid. Uh, 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 karaoke, karaoke. Yeah, um, I did not have a karaoke song, but recently, um, Nice Guys has been doing the punk rock karaoke, I've which is a it. full band, and they took song requests, and I kind of wrote down as a joke three eleven down because I did not think that they would learn it. And then they did, and then so I did it because I felt like I had to fulfill my end of the bargain because they, they learned it. And then people came up to me afterwards and was like, that was awesome, man. So now that, I'd, I'd say that's my karaoke song now, 311. But I've heard you sing Say It Ain't So like a million times for karaoke. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's a fun one too. Uh, that I cut my teeth on besides listening to like Weezer's Blue Album. I know Weezer's a controversial band, but I will stand by their Blue Album at the very least. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, rock band that was on that, so I, I, I sang that song a lot. I don't know where Terra went. She's right there. Oh, She's okay. straight ahead. Oh, you got the mic over there. You got the wireless mic. Uh, how'd you meet your wife? I met my wife um, searching for opportunities to show my art. 
at a bar that she worked at. Oh. That was the first time that I met her. And, uh, you know, I, I was, I didn't, like, was in a, another relationship at the time, and I, I thought she was beautiful, but, you know, I was, I was a good boy. You know, so I, I, I kept it strictly business, basically. Um, but and you then, noticed her. But I noticed her, for sure. And uh, my partner at the time, like, saw that we became Facebook friends and, like, made a comment, like, oh, you're friends with her, huh? Like, you just friended up with what, her. What, do you want to marry her? Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe she spoke that into existence. I don't know. But anyways, um, that, that relationship ne reached its, its natural end. And uh, yeah, I, I, I remember I actually I slid into Kyle's DMs, you know, I did. I did. I admit it. I was like, I know you I know you book music at this uh, at this venue. And there's this uh, band down uh, in, from Miami called Catchy Shuby that I was listening to a lot of the time. They're like the soul band, soul throwback band. And I was like, you know, um, they would pair well with the Free Coasters, which is another local soul reggae band. So if you're booking a show, you might want to include them. And then uh, later that night, um, I happened to, like, I went to Nice Guys, and she was there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, it's Kyle. Like, I got to go talk to her, you know. And uh, we had a very pleasant conversation and, and traded numbers. And that, that's when we kicked it off officially, I would say, you know, or at least, like, you know, started talking to each other in a romantic sense. But... Um, in between that, I had gone to uh, videotape Mark Davis's band. He had moved on from the Anchorite Four at that point and uh, gotten into another band called Exploding Pages that I really liked, which is like an alt-country band. Yeah, I, and, I know them. Yeah, and they, yeah, they, were, uh, they were playing the show, and I, I told uh, Mark and Mike um, I would record their set for them because uh, I was still doing some video stuff at the time and, and uh, just wanted to, like... Kind of do that, and Kyle was an opener um, at that show, and I had met her, like I said, in this business context before, but I did not know that she sang, and I was uh, at the bar getting a beer, and then I remember her starting her set and just like hearing this incredible voice like I'd never heard before live. I'd never heard anything like that before live, so I, I turned around and uh, watched the rest of her set, and I basically, you know, fell in love with her from the <laughs> the audience, basically. You know? Where was that? Uh, that was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Kyle, Kyle Ann, where was that? Skip. Skip. Local brewery. A local brewery. Yeah, which shall not be named. Um, okay, uh, that was a very beautiful story. Um, uh, would you like to get on to your third song? Yeah, let's hear. Let's listen to it. This is one of the songs that I heard in that set. Um, this song is by Kyle Ann. It's off of her first EP, the Florida EP, which I uh, had the opportunity to actually take the the, the album cover as a photo that I took of her. Um, that I it, it was like one of the first photos that I ever took of her, and I just see all the love like radiating back to me, and then I just love the album cover. It's the Florida EP. The song is called Florida, and besides just hearing the, the voice and, and that whole experience, um, uh, I had just recently moved back to Florida in the previous few years, so I really identified with the lyrics on top of it all. I was like, I identify with the song, uh, because it's about this like strange relationship that we have as Floridians where we're down here, 
uh, kind of at the tip, and like not a lot of uh, bands and stuff want to come through here, so it seems like the rest of the world is out there in the rest of the United States, and you kind of want to go out there, and then you find yourself back here, you know. And I've, I've come to accept it. I love Florida. I don't want to leave Florida. I, I think it's great, and especially this community that we have here in Southwest Florida is just amazing. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it and all these talented people that we have here, like my wife. Amen to that. I yeah. can completely concur. Okay, let's listen to it. This is uh, Florida by Kylan from her The Florida EP. I carry around my heart Through the city streets and parks heavy in the snow I keep it out so people know It's simply best in me Metal figures block the sky I tilt my head and squint my eye And all at once it gets to me Whoever knew that being I wish I was in Florida where the people are just me. I'm too hiding in the city, fulfilling someone else's dreams. If I cock from all the pressure, then you'll never get to measure what I'm worth to you. But I'm worthless, it seems. And I keep growing, growing down. My roots are deep into the soil. I grew down. propose right right this is incredible what's that make you feel and i see you guys like looking at each other it was pretty sweet it, i mean it really it really brings me back you know thank you darling oh wow look at this <laughs> see? Here, here. thank you thanks no let's get a picture let's get a picture Kyle, come here yeah i'll put this up here no it really it really uh, brings me back you know that's our first movie picture during a recording. Um, I've lost my train of thought. It's all good. Yeah, I know. It's all good. Her, her music, like every song that, like that, that is a song that I have a story about and I remember. But it's it's not even close to like my my favorite song by her in general because she writes so many good songs. Um, Eulogy, her new album, is full of them. Every song 
It's got, you're wearing a shirt. I I'm see. wearing yeah. the shirt. I've listened <laughs> to it good. three There's times. There's a few people here. I will yeah. listen to it more. Yeah. It's very uh, thought-provoking and moving. Yeah, and it's 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 interesting too because when we first met, I you know you kind of like when you get into a relationship and you're listening to things like uh, Sisyphus, you know, you start think, fantasizing about like how the relationship is going to be and what it's going to be like. And I remember thinking, she's a songwriter. I wonder if like I'm going to like hear you know her working in the house and stuff like that, and like while I'm drawing or something like that. And that's kind of like exactly what it's like, and it's amazing. Like, you know, I, I hear her in the other room, kind of tinkering away on, at stuff, and then to hear like the fully realized version later is just incredible to like see that whole process. You know, as an artist watching another artist at work, just incredible. Lee, you might say you're living the dream. I'm living. I I definitely would say that. Yeah. I, you know, I would uh, say that. she was on uh, our our. Uh, show Gulf Coast Live about yeah. a month ago, something yep. like that, and you know, and your name came up. Mm-hmm. We maybe want to listen to that. Oh, okay. um, can you maybe walk us back to that time in your John life Davis. and kind of mm-hmm. what made you jump the fence? Well, uh, I have the support of my well, my now husband. He, it's just you know, it was just kind of striking. He he just believed in me so much. You know what I mean, and. He's, he would always tell me, like, you're just way too talented to be wasting your time working for somebody else when you could be working for somebody, working for yourself. Yeah. And I just thought, that's just ridiculous, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I need to pay the bills, you know? But he, just with his just, like, relentless support, and he, he really, like, helped me make the jump into doing music full-time. And it's, I, I never looking back. It's, yeah, I can't, I can't believe I didn't do it sooner. It's true. Like, I just feel so fulfilled in my life being able to do it. Aww. <laughs> yeah, that, that touched my heart when I heard that. I figured yeah. that's why I had to bring it. It touched my heart, and I'm not even yeah. you. So, you know. <laughs> um, uh, she told during her Three Song Stories episode a story about her and you, and she got really drunk and then regretted it. And then, t- Can you give us, like, your side of the story, like the short version? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they say there's two sides to every story. Yeah. Right? And uh, that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was I, I have a different side. You know, we we talked about this recently, actually, and and she sees that, and she as she explained on the episode that she made like a total fool out of herself is how, how she put it, I think. And uh, I remember differently, actually. I remember her coming to me and like kind of like um, being vulnerable for the first time since we'd known each other, and I remember it being kind of a turning point in our relationship because we liked hanging out with each other. And stuff, but um, you know, it just didn't seem like I guess feasible, you know, um, with the trajectory of how our lives had gotten at that point or had had gone. And I believed in it. I thought like you know, this we 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 could be together and like have like a great life together. And that night she came to me. It seemed to me that she was communicating the same thing. And so to me, that night was. I guess for both of us, it was an important night, um, but we just kind of uh, came at it from two different angles, which I don't mind too much because it worked out great. Hmm. Yeah. Um, did you have a fourth song that you had to bump? I had like 40 songs, Mike. I, I literally made a spreadsheet with like 40 <laughs> stories, and I was going to say one of the evil aspects of your podcast is that you make us guess whittle it down to only only three. 
So I have I have several um, um, which song was the, stories. Which was the last survivor? The last survivor would be. All right. This kind of fits in with the theme. So all of the songs that I've had have had some kind of personal connection. And this has a personal connection too, and also uh, kind of a pivotal moment, in my, uh, pivotal moment in my life as well. So there's an artist also from Chicago, like the rapper Serengeti, named uh, Owen, and he performs under the uh, name Advanced Bass now, but for a long time he put out albums under the moniker Casio Tone for the Painfully Alone. Because all of the music, at least in the first... Albums were uh, made on a Casio Tone keyboard. Anyway, uh, once again, Mark Davis is going to make an appearance in this story. Mark hosted uh, Casio Tone at a show at his house and asked me to uh, draw a poster uh, for that show to promote it. So I got to draw a tour poster for this artist that I already liked. And on top of that, though, that was for a show at Mark's house down here in South, uh, Southwest Florida. I was living in Tallahassee at the time. And... Uh, he was coming there on tour as well. So I made plans to go see him, and I was going to bring a poster to get it signed and try to talk to him for a little bit because I really admired his music. And uh, anyways, side note in my life, recently I had been uh, diagnosed with cancer, and this show happened in the week in between where I was diagnosed and the kind of prognosis check-in with the oncologist to see what was going on, what needed to happen, and all that stuff. So this is what I refer to in my life as the week of uncertainty, basically, where I was really freaked out. And at this show, he played a cover of uh, Bruce Springsteen's Streets of Philadelphia, which is a song written for the movie Philadelphia, which is about a man dying from AIDS. So you can imagine the song hit me very hard, and uh, I started weeping on the dance floor. <laughs> Which is very cliche, but also kind of, uh, you know, funny in retrospect, I guess. But I remember being really, feeling really sorry for myself and really, like, um, you know, listening to the lyrics and feeling the lyrics and then looking over and seeing this young woman just dancing to it and having the time of her life, not listening to the lyrics whatsoever, maybe have never heard the song before, knew it was a cover, just having a good time. And that kind of pulled me back into reality a little bit. And uh, the, uh, the prognosis turned out to be, you know, pretty easy in my favor. I had, like, a very short radiation treatment that was necessary. Um, so I got very lucky in that regard. But that song has always hit a very strong connection with me um, in my life. So Streets of Philadelphia by Cassio Tone for the Painfully Alone. Also a fantastic cover. Um, check it out. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite band of all time? I would say my favorite band is probably the Talking Heads. Um, just as far as like quality of music ratio, you know, as far as songs being good, I can always put on the Talking Heads and have a good time. Um, speaking in tongues, more songs about building and food, 77, all great albums. And then I also uh, love um, Aesop Rock is a uh, rapper that I, I just admire incredibly. Just the best lyrics. The best lyrics, basically. So those are two of my favorite artists. What? Yeah. <laughs> those are two of my favorite artists. That was a 
audience directed what? Um, best album of all time. I can't say. One that, you've listened that, to the most. I don't know that I, I, I don't listen to albums like that too much anymore. Um, like I said, a lot of my music listening is like digging into the virtual crate on Spotify and, uh, and seeing what is like music that I've been interested in lately. Like, uh, there's a song that I just found on a compilation from the UK, proto-punk from the UK from the late 60s. The Deviants is the band, and the song is Let's All, uh, Let's All Loot the Supermarket Again Like We Did Last Summer. <laughs> and uh, so that, that's the kind of stuff that like, I'm looking for, you know? And it's like, oh, this is 1968, but it sounds like 76. These guys are way ahead of their, their time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I will say, I know, I know a popular question that you ask is, what are you listening to that's modern? Yes. And that, that kind of ties into the album thing. So I'm going to say, I, I looked, in preparation for this question, because I don't listen, like I said, I don't listen to a lot of modern music. So I went onto Billboard's website, onto the Hot 100, and I, I, I pulled up all the hot artists from last year, and I went down until I found an artist that I said, yes. This artist, I will drop what I'm doing and listen to whatever new release that they put out. And it is a rapper, and his name starts with a K. So I'm going to ask you a little trivia. I know you don't know the answer of what the artist Ooh. I'm talking about is, but a rapper starts with a K. I'll drop anything and listen to them. Who is it? Yeah. <laughs> Any guesses? <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to know. get in the trivia spirit after here. I'm not even going to, you know. Any Chris, guesses, Chris, everyone? Chris Kringle? Yes, it is Kendrick Lamar. I was hoping somebody would guess Kanye West and I could go wrong. But Kendrick Lamar, I will drop anything when he releases a new album. Damn, his last release uh, won a Pulitzer Prize, which is very rare for an album to do, much less a, a rap album. He approaches uh, his albums like with the care that Pink Floyd did. You know, there's right. immaculately produced and... The songs are immaculately written. The structure of the songs fit. There was it called prosody? Is that what it's called? Where the song mimics the lyrics, like the song structure. I think that's what it's called. Prosodine. Yeah. I don't know that one. Um, you know, I have to back uh, up for yeah, a second. Yeah, uh, I have to clarify something. So sorry, it's uh, prosody. Prosody. The patterns of rhythm and sound used yeah. in poetry where they match up. Yeah. Library time means a lot of reading and not a lot of listening, you know, so you read the word. <laughs> <laughs> so the, your first song was the Anchorite 4 song called The Revenge of Mac, Max yeah, Fisher? that's right. Max Fisher, that's... Rushmore. Rushmore. Yes. Was that about Rushmore? Was that tied into Rushmore? What was the connection there? Yeah, Tara, do we have the walking mic? Yeah, we got a... We got this a, could be a good... Mark is here, the, one of the uh, band members for my first song. Hey, Mark. Hi. Uh, no, it was not about. It was not directly affiliated. It was just we were all big fans of the movie, and pretty much none of our titles had to do with the uh, song. You had great titles: Beekeeper in the Red Zone, all kinds of fun stuff. Author unknown. Do you like to draw or paint, or maybe just sketch and doodle? Well, if you do, chances are you have what it takes to be, become a professional art student. Yeah, that, I remember that stuff. from a commercial when I was a kid. The art school uh, commercial. Yeah. That was the name of a song? It yes. was. <laughs> draw or Paint was the nickname. Wow. <laughs> we would shout that out. It shows, Draw or Paint! Yeah. Uh, what would your 14-year-old self think of who you are today? I, I think, uh, on one hand, he would think that my... I think my 14-year-old self would think that my music taste today is very lame. But <laughs> I, I think the same thing about his. So it's even. 
because it's mostly new metal. Um, <laughs> but I think that uh, as as it's going, as my life is going, I think my 14-year-old self would be pleasantly surprised. Were you uh, hoping to get out of here when you were 14? I didn't, like I said, I was, I was really aimless as a teenager. I had no idea. I thought I would become maybe a musician or a comedian or at one point even I thought maybe professional wrestling would be a thing that I would try out. And then... The big three. Yeah, really? the, the big three. <laughs> that is what I'm going to refer to it as now for sure. The big three, yeah. Um, well, the reason I ask is because you talked earlier about how you love being here. You know, you're kind of kind of committed or whatever. And I yeah. had that same thing. Like, I grew up thinking I would want to get out of here, but then yeah. I had a moment where I was like, no, I'm going to stay and do my thing here. Yeah, Tallahassee was a good way to uh, explore a lot of the, you know, getting away from home vibes while still being relatively close and being able to visit pretty frequently. And, uh, yeah, when I, when I came back down here, I originally moved back down because my, my grandmother was all by herself down here. And I thought I would, uh, you know, take care of her and figure out a game plan on long-term care and then go somewhere else. Atlanta, Los Angeles, maybe try to get an internship at Adult Swim or something like that. But once I came back down, I thought this place is like really cool and developing. And I fell back in love with it, basically. Or I fell in love with a part of it that I had I'd not seen when I lived here as a youth. Hmm. Uh, can you recommend three people who you think we should pursue to be on our podcast? Yes, I can. First uh, would be Duke Stamina. Who's a local rapper, Spencer Els? Duke Stamina is his performance. Been on Gulf name. Coast Live. Yeah, he that and that's a great episode, um, uh, with his uh, with his mom, um, Kiki. She's she's awesome on that episode too. That that brought tears to my eyes. Basically, I was there. Great great episode. Um, but Spencer is a local rapper who I just think is uh, when I first met him. He, he just reminded me of myself a lot, like just very ambitious and creative and, and willing to explore any, any kind of medium that suited the uh, creative need, and I really admire that. And we, we got to collaborate a little bit on a Beastie Boys cover set with uh, Ronan Earth Clan. Um, and uh, just as a side note, the song Alive by the Beastie Boys, that was my song that I picked for our, our must cover. Great song that I, I remember from uh, middle school. So he would be one. Mike, wait, wait, I need. We need to have him anyway because then I can finally put that that cut up version of one of his songs that we did. Oh right, got yeah, to air yeah, 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 somewhere. So, so he he brought songs that we could not air for the for the radio. <laughs> right, sure did his thing to get them fixed, yeah. but then we ran out of time during the episode. Yeah, he has yeah. a song called Cloaca that I thought of a lot when I was watching the movie The Lighthouse because <laughs> there's a Cloaca. Where did you, where did you in, see Lighthouse? Uh, Bell Tower. I the think. new one. Yeah. It's, it's at Bell Tower now. I don't know if it's there anymore, but uh, yeah. I looked like last weekend and it wasn't it there. Was, yeah, the Robert Pattinson and uh, Willem Dafoe yeah. movie. Hmm. Great. Cloaca by uh, Duke Stamina. Check that out. <laughs> uh, Gary Cosden, Mike Cosden's okay, father, yeah. uh, steel guitar player. Yeah. I think he probably has some good song stories. He's uh, very musically inclined. I love his pedal steel playing. He plays he with was Caleb playing, He plays with Caleb in, in Rosaline. Yeah. And he also played on Florida, the song. Oh, he was wow. on that track. If you uh, go back and listen to Pedal Steel, that's him. And uh, I love talking to Gary about many, many things. I would love to hear his, his three-song stories. And then my um, 
My third choice would be Marty from Beach Records. I met Marty on Sunday. Oh, great. Did you uh, talk, <laughs> talk about, to him about maybe coming on? He and I had already interacted about coming. I had to oh, walk great. into his place and apologize for having dropped the ball because we had interacted back in July. Okay. I bought my first you record, first on, record? Sa- nice. on, on Saturday. Oh, nice. Yeah, so yeah. I had to go. I, too, am now exploring vinyl for the first I time. Ha- I bought a record out of a garage sale. It was uh, Ghost in the Machine by the police. Ooh, so nice. So I was like, I need a record player. And somebody said, you should go down and see Marty at Beach Records. And I was like, oh, I emailed him about being on the podcast. And then he emailed me back. And then I never emailed him back. Yeah. So he's definitely going to be on the podcast. Yep. I've had some good music conversations with him. He's awesome. Can I get a fourth since you've already talked to him? Sure. John Schiller from the Free Coasters. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's, he's just like... Through the free coasters exposed me to a lot of uh, music that I didn't know about, so I think he would have some good stories probably, too. Okay. Yep. Uh, I forgot to ask earlier, uh, first dance at y'all's wedding, was there a first dance song? Yes. It was uh, Ceremony by New Order, which was uh, Kyle's selection, wonderful. Not that I, I didn't, I mean, it wasn't totally her, we, we agreed to it. It's Temptation, not Ceremony, my bad. I always mess those two titles up. <laughs> She's so Called good. out. Called out. <laughs> Temptation. And it was played by uh, the players for the song were Caleb, yeah, Sudden Valley, which includes uh, Caleb Neff and Claire Liparulo and uh, Rick Seltzer. Rick Seltzer, not Rick Seltzer. Though I wish, I, I'm sure he wishes his name was Rick Seltzer. I'm sure it's not the first time. Um, okay, uh, any songs that you'll avoid listening to for whatever reason? And as you know, we're, we're approaching the end here. We're, I don't we're think so, yeah. I'm an equal opera. I, I don't think that there's uh, there, there's no real painful songs in my past. Any any songs that were painful, I feel like I've made amends with. I kind of went through this thing a few years ago where I realized it was really stupid to attach like songs to like bad memories. You know, like they can exist on their own. You know, outside of that. So uh, I try not to like uh, ignore music. I guess you know. It, it all deserves to exist. All right. Any yeah. final thoughts before we uh, move on to our parting tune? Uh, no. Um, no final thoughts? I guess uh, if I could re- just recommend a modern rock band that I like a lot. That, Please yeah, the, do. The modern rock band that I feel... Besides is, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, it would be uh, the Dirty Nil. The Dirty Nil. The Dirty Nil, yeah. They're, uh, I don't know, they remind me of almost like a harder Third Eye Blind. Um, I don't know. I just like them. I just like them. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks I'm recommending for, them. Thanks for doing it. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. We make this podcast in the WGCU studios or sometimes at places like this uh, in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara, Gall- Tara Callaghan is online content producer and now sometimes host. Our executive producer is Chris Duffis. Our theme song was made by Dave, Dave, Dave Cowan and Stick Mart at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune, we're going to play the song Ooh La La by The Faces from their 1973 album, The Same Name. It's a song that plays at the end of one of my all-time favorite films, Rushmore, and over its credits. I thought it was going to come up more today, so I put it in there. Uh, but I was, uh, it's perfect for this, right? Uh, I'm Mike Canary. Thanks, everyone, for being here, and uh, we hope you keep listening. <clears throat> Next time on Three Song Stories. Pinkie Pie's got this monologue. And tell that big dumb scary face that to take a hike and leave you alone. And if he thinks he's scary, then he's got another thing coming in the fridge. You have such a thing that makes you want to <laughs> lalaugh. <laughs> it's really dumb. That's really good. That's really yeah. good. Yeah, there's like, oh yes, hi, hello, this is where we're going now. It's, it's my party trick.